0: Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. Subscribe to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube for exclusive content and to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast podcast. Make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars. Anything less than that, I have to believe you're not listening hard enough. Great show for you today, and it's brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. It's income tax season. I know y'all been putting off that maintenance on your car, been putting off those car parts you needed. Until that check came in, but now's the time. I can't have any Longhorns fans, any fans of the podcast, breaking down on the side of the road on my watch. So make sure you go to rockauto.com and get that business taken care of. I got three great topics coming for you today. First, we'll preview the matchup tonight in Norman, Oklahoma, between the Longhorns and the Sooners, as Texas looks to shake off a tough loss against Baylor on Saturday Sports Illustrated dropped their way too early Big 12 football predictions for the 2022 football season. I'll tell you where I agree and disagree. Spoiler alert, I agree with everything good they had to say about the Longhorns and I disagree with everything bad they had to say about the Longhorns. And Texas fans, last but not least, I have an update for you on the March for Arts, the Arts to Austin. Loving the hashtags, by the way, keep the creativity coming and keep the names rolling in. I'll tell you why Texas may have gotten even a better chance to land the services of the number one prospect in the 2023 recruiting class, Arch Manning. So without further ado, Longhorn Nation, let's get into it. So tonight marks the latest edition of the Red River rivalry. And typically when we hear that or we think about Texas, Oklahoma, the first thing that comes to mind is the football programs and the epic matchups. And we know in those matchups, Regardless of the records, the recruiting classes, the rankings, all of that goes out the window. It's always going to be a tough fall game. And that's a game that you have to win for the fans. You have to bring that that win back to Longhorns Nation. Or if you're on the other side, you know, they try to win as well. But, you know, Texas is, is going to have to go into Norman and, and get a win tonight, especially after losing to Baylor in preparation for a tough matchup this Saturday against Texas Tech. And the Big 12 is weird. And I think that's what happens when you have probably the consensus best conference. The SEC made a little noise, but the Big 12 has been the best conference in college basketball this year. And I say it's weird because Oklahoma has played really well over the last two games. And that includes a 15 point win over Texas Tech on the 9th of February. And we saw when Texas played Texas Tech, that was a game that Texas Tech and the Red Raiders pretty much handled for the majority of the game. And, Texas, most people would say, especially the experts and, of course, all Longhorns fans, that Texas is better than Oklahoma in college basketball this year. Oklahoma is a fringe NCAA tournament team, probably on the outside looking in right now. Texas is going to be between a four and a six seed, depending on how they finish the season. So anything can happen. And also in their last game on the 12th, Oklahoma lost by two points to Kansas in a game that they very much could have won. So I think that Texas will win this game. I don't think it'll be particularly close, but this Oklahoma team does fight and it starts with probably their best player, Tanner Rose. I'll get into him a little bit later. Now, Texas has already beat this Oklahoma team earlier in the year on January 11th. Um, They won 66 to 52 and they've won 22 of the last 34 meetings against the Sooners, even though Oklahoma has beaten them 57 to 43 in the all time college basketball matchup. And, in the last game on January 11th, where they won by 14 points, the biggest key in that game was Andrew Jones. He had 22 points. He was the leading scorer for the Longhorns. And I think his three-point shooting and his instant offense off the bench in this game is going to continue to be key. it has been a big reason outside of the Baylor game, while Texas has shown some improvement on the offensive end, not where we would all like it to be, but they have been better in, in their last you know five to seven games on the offensive end. Yeah, he was the leading scorer against Baylor in their last game, which isn't saying much because he had 11 points. He was the only Texas player that scored in double figures, while Baylor had six players that scored in double figures. So, uh, Andrew Jones is going to be key tonight. I thought Marcus Carr was not aggressive enough. He was really timid, kind of hesitant, and it had a lot to do with the ball pressure that they put on him, Yeah, Baylor did, and just the athletes they have. Um, they they switched everything and they were able to defend and he wasn't able to get into the paint and get some easy buckets. They forced him into tough shots, tough threes. And I just didn't think he had a great game offensively or playmaking, getting open shots for other people. Timmy Allen, he had a great game against Kansas uh, with 24 and nine. And then he followed that up with eight and seven against Baylor. And that's not going to cut it. So I look for him to come out and, and have a great game tonight as well. He's going to be matched up probably a lot. Him and Trey Mitchell at times with. Tanner Groves, uh, who's shooting 55% from the field this year a stretch four. He's proficient inside and outside, but he really does a lot of damage from that three-point line, and you're going to have to guard him all over the court. It's going to be key getting the body on him, um, just really staying attached to his hip. I think Oklahoma's going to do a good job of, of probably having him come off some ball screens, some picks, and if he gets an open look at, at the rim, especially from three-point range, he's liable to make it. So, that might be Oklahoma's path to winning is, is Tanner Groves having a great game. You also have to look at players like Jordan Goldwire, who hit, had 20 points, and he was 9 of 16 from the floor in the loss to Kansas. And then Umoja Gibson, who had 30 points against Texas Tech in that 15-point win. So if they're able to limit all three of these players on offense, I really don't see a path to Oklahoma winning, and Texas should win this game pretty handily. Now, so this game is at 6 p.m. Central tonight against Oklahoma, and I said on the podcast last week, this is a must-win game. Nobody liked the effort. It started with Chris Beard. We saw how intense he was on the sidelines, in the huddles, and he made some some pretty pointed comments after the game in the press conference, but nobody was happy about their performance against Baylor, and to move forward and just kind of shaking off that loss and you know, preparing for a tough matchup, the rematch against Texas Tech and Austin. You have to come out here and you have to dominate a Oklahoma team that isn't in the same class as Texas against isn't in the same class as Texas at this point. And you just got you gotta take care of business. You know, I remember Giannis said in the finals last year, you know, you don't play with your food. And this is a game where if they go out there and they play with their food, if they don't come out there aggressive, we've seen them, they haven't been great. In true road games, now, of course, a lot of the times that's been against, you know, better opponents or opponents that are better than this Oklahoma team, probably. But this is a team that plays hard, even in their game in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. They lost by 18 points, but Auburn wasn't. It took a while for Auburn to put them away. That was a game that hovered between nine and, and, and 11 to 12 points, really, for the majority of the game. So Texas has to go out there tonight and, and really show all of us something. They A win is a win, regardless of how many points they win by. I'll be happy. But I think, you know, they talked about how much of a high they were on last week beating Kansas. And then if they were as high as they were right, beating the, the Kansas Jayhawks, they were just as low against the Baylor bears against a team that lost JTT in the middle of the game. LJ Cryer wasn't playing. They were missing some other freshmen and it didn't look like it mattered. That was the best Baylor played since they were undefeated. And now they're five and four over their last hour, six and four over their last 10. So Texas has to win this game against Oklahoma tonight, and I look for them to come out and do it pretty handily. Like I said, every player I've mentioned between Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Trey Mitchell, Andrew Jones, we know Courtney Ramey, he can hit tough shots. They're just going to come out and have to do all of that against Oklahoma and and make sure that nobody is yelling boomer sooner. You know, I don't care if it's – this isn't – you know, obviously this isn't – doesn't have the hype that the football matchups usually do. But I don't care if it's chess, checkers, iMessage games, 2K, Madden. If it's a Longhorn and a Sooner involved, the Longhorn better come out victorious. Coming up next on the podcast, Sports Illustrated dropped their way too early Big 12 football predictions. I'll tell you what I agree with and disagree with. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals. Player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Longhorns Nation, let's do something fun. So I want you to to go to Locked on Horns on Twitter and DM me, or I want you to go to Johnzo Ball. That's my personal Twitter, Johnzo Ball, like Lonzo Ball, J-O-N-Z-O Ball, on Twitter and DM me. And and tell me some of your favorite bets that you've made uh, and, either successful or not successful, and I'll try to get some of those on the podcast moving forward. So once again, Sports Illustrated dropped their way too early Big 12 football predictions, and I have to start it off by saying they do not have the Texas Longhorns winning the Big 12 this year, which I vehemently disagree with. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I think in Sark's second year with Bijan John Robinson coming back, Quinn Ewers under center, the recruiting class, the transfers that they have coming in, Gary Patterson coming in to help with the defensive side. Some of the athletes they have and have brought in on defense, I think Texas is going to win the Big Twelve. But dum dum dum, they picked the Oklahoma Sooners to win the Big Twelve. And I know what you're thinking: like, why they lost Kayla Williams, they lost Lincoln Riley, they lost all of these players from their recruiting class. How will they be able to? come back, bounce back, and win the Big 12. Now, Oklahoma did sign the fourth-ranked transfer class in the nation. I think that'll help a lot. And they ended up with the eighth-ranked recruiting class, which I thought Brent Venables did a good job of salvaging that because it wasn't looking too good. They were down in the 20s and 30s when Lincoln Riley left. And um, the transfer class that's number four in the nation is headlined by UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel uh, he's had 8,067 yards and 70 touchdowns, only 14 interceptions in his career. And he looks to step right in and, and be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. And you know, he's gonna give a, a lot of teams outside of Texas problems. Uh, but Oklahoma's still a really good team. I can see why a lot of people think that uh, Oklahoma will will bounce right back. Of course, I think it's gonna be Texas, but I can't be mad at the prediction. I do disagree with it. However, they have Baylor and Oklahoma meeting up in the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma winning that game. And they talk about Baylor. So Baylor, you know, Dave Aranda is a great coach. We saw that the transition that they made from winning two games to winning the Big 12 last year. But they offensively, I just don't think that they compete. With Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 this year, but they are really well coached and they are sound defensively, and they're still a team that can you know upset really anybody in the nation as far as the top level teams and beat anybody in the Big 12. So that'll be a tough game for Texas, and I'm hoping that Texas is in that Big 12 championship game. But if it came down to Baylor and Oklahoma, that means that you know Dave Aranda just continued to build on the success in in, in building up that program since Matt Rule left. Oklahoma State, uh, once again, they they talk about them as a potential contender. They lost so much on the defensive end. Um, Jim Knowles was one of the top defensive coordinators in college football, and he left to go to Ohio State. So not just the personnel on the field, uh, but the personnel calling the plays. And so they kind of have Oklahoma State out of it. And then, you know, Texas football, they have them as one of the contenders as well. Of course, they have Baylor and Oklahoma getting to the Big 12 championship, but they make a good case as to why Texas is going to compete at least in the Big 12. And so their top four, the way they have a projected order of finish, they have an Oklahoma finishing at number one, Baylor finishing at number two, the Texas Longhorns finishing at number three, Oklahoma state in the top four as the fourth best team. And they have West Virginia and Kansas as the two bottom teams in the big 12 this year. So they talked about some biggest risers, like what position groups and players will be better than they were last season. And they started off with Texas tech's defense. And a a big reason for that is Tim DeRuiter coming in from Oregon. And we've seen Oregon has had a lot of great defensive prospects. They're going to have a top five player in this year's draft and Kayvon Thibodeau. And, you know, I I trust this article and saying that Texas tech is going to have a better defense and they need it. This is a team, the Longhorns put 70 points on them last year. So, you know, if they want to get that game, they beat them by 35 points last year. So if they want to compete with the Longhorns, uh, they're going to have to be a lot better defensively. But look for that unit to be on the rise this year. They have TSU, not TSU, TCU on the offensive and defensive fronts being a lot better than they were last year. Don't think it'll matter too much in terms of the upper echelon teams as far as the Longhorns you know, the Sooners, the Baylor Bears, and then maybe Oklahoma State. But I do think uh, they'll be a lot better on both sides of the ball. They have one of the position groups for Texas being a lot better than it was last year, and that is the receivers. And, of course, it starts with Xavier Worthy, uh, who was a freshman All-American, really broke out last year, He was one of a few players. He had three catches over 60 yards last year, so that just shows how explosive he is. And you bring in Isaiah Nair. Um, you know, you bring in Jaleel Billingsley, Jatavian Sanders is going to get a lot more playing time this year. So, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I completely agree with this. The Texas Longhorns and uh, the receiving core is going to be a lot better this year. And that bodes really well for Quinn Ewers, uh, who is all, you know, all signs of pointing him starting in the fall. And he has one of the best, just kind of array of weapons around him in, in the receiving core. And then, of course, um, Heisman hopeful one of the best returning players in the country and B. John Robinson at running back and then they talk about some of the biggest fallers so units that were great last year that are going to take a big step back and the first one is Iowa State and their offense so Brees Hall accounted for 32% of all Iowa State yards last year he left and Brock Purdy the quarterback he left as well so you have to wonder how Iowa State will look this year offensively? I don't think they're going to be that good, and I think Sports Illustrated agrees with me, saying that that unit is going to take a step back. Oklahoma State's defense—we talked about them losing their defensive coordinator. They also lost two All-Americans on defense, and linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, who was a second-team All-American, and then defensive back Kobe Harvell Peel, who was a third-team All-American so that defense was a big reason for their success last year. I just don't think they will have the same defense coming into this season, the 2022 season. And then Baylor's defensive secondary, and this bodes really well for the Texas Longhorns because Sports Illustrated thinks that they'll be one of the two best teams in the Big 12. And after and you look at it, if you say that Texas receivers core is going to be really better than it was last year and Baylor's defensive secondary is going to be worse you know, that that only benefits Quinn Ewers and Sarkin in this offense. They lost first-team All-American safety, Jalen Petrie, who was really good, and defensive backs coach Matt Prolich left to take the Oregon defensive coordinator job. So we saw, you know, an Oregon defensive coach come to the Big 12, and then we saw a Baylor defensive coach go to Oregon uh, to replace him in that job. And I completely agree, too. I think Baylor – Uh, the defensive secondary. We saw them make a lot of plays in that that bowl game against Ole Miss and and really kind of saved them because the offense was limited. And I think if Matt Corral doesn't get hurt in that game, Ole Miss wins that game pretty easily. So um, I will welcome Baylor taking a step back on the secondary. And I think that's going to be great for a a Texas football team that's going to be led by their offense in the fall. So I agree with some of the things they said about the Texas Longhorns. I do not agree that they will be the third best team in the conference, although that's not really a slight, especially coming off a five and seven season where they lost six straight games. I do think they'll be one of the top two teams in the Big 12. They will be in the Big 12 championship and they will win that game. Mark my word. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So Texas fans, I I told you that I have an update for you, a quick update on the the March for Arch, the Arch to Austin. I'm going to come up with a hashtag for y'all. I got to get in on this. I got to get a new hashtag trending for the recruitment and the potential commitment of Arch Manning. So I will have that to y'all on the podcast. We're going to say Locked on Longhorns host Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football, got this new hashtag trending, and we're going to run with it, and we're going to get Arch Manning to the 40 Acres in Austin. And when he commits, when he signs, I'm going to take credit for it and say that my hashtag was the reason for the season, right? So college football analyst for First Coast News and Heisman Trophy voter Brent Beard joined ESPN Upstate's offsides with Mark Ryan. It's a podcast, and he broke some huge news on the recruitment of the 2023 five-star number one overall recruit, number one quarterback, Arch Manning, the nephew of NFL legends Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, and we saw that he was down to five schools. He eliminated Clemson from his final few schools, and so it looked like that Arch Manning was deciding between Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Now Ole Miss was always kind of listed as a, a distant favorite. Um, I think just the connection there between Eli and Ole Miss, but they it was kind of looked as a big three, and then a distant four. Well, now, according to this article and, you know, according to Brent Beard, there's a big two. And so you can kind of decipher that Ole Miss would be one of those teams that have fallen off. But you look at Georgia, the defending national champions, Alabama, the runner ups, and then Texas. Brent Beard is saying that Georgia is really no longer a contender from Arch Manning Services as well. He said he thinks the decision very likely will come down to Texas and Alabama. And I told you on the podcast last week that all signs are pointing to David Cutcliffe, who has a long history with the Manning family, having coached and recruited Peyton Manning and Eli Manning in their times in college, also has helped them coach and coach them and develop them while they were in the NFL. Sark is looking to bring him on the staff in a off the field analyst type role. He'll be able to help all the quarterbacks on uh, the University of Texas football roster. But the biggest reason for bringing him in is, of course, his connection to the Manning family and trying to secure that commitment from 2023. Number one, overall prospect, Arch Manning and Alabama. We know that just naturally with the success they've had with Nick Saban. Um, The offensive pedigree they have, they always have great offensive coaches and they keep losing them uh, to other college programs and uh, NFL programs and they just continue to reload on offense and they'll always be great on defense. And so you would understand why Arch Manning would want to go to a program like Alabama if he doesn't make the right decision and choose the Texas Longhorns. I'm partially surprised that he would rule out Georgia so early if this report is true. But, you know, we've seen that although Georgia has been able – to recruit a lot of great quarterbacks. We saw Justin Fields uh, leave and this is a a program that still likes to win with the running game. They don't like to, they've had better quarterbacks and better receivers, you know, and and like Nicole Hardman and and players like that. But this is still an old school football team that wants to win 10 to seven. We saw that a lot, you know, last year, although the defense was, was, you know, causing them to blow a lot of teams out and, and, and forcing turnovers. I think this is a team in Kirby smart that has a lot of defensive coaches and they really don't give their quarterbacks. Now, of course, if Arch Manning comes, you, you have to give them the keys, but we've seen in, in recent memory, they don't typically just kind of let their quarterbacks off the leash outside of Jake Fromm. Um, that. This is a team that wants to win with their defense and running game and, and limit the amount of mistakes that their quarterback, you know, makes they want their quarterback to manage the game rather than go out there and win the game. So I could understand why he would kind of knock them off the list and focus on Alabama and Texas. So, with the news of David Cutcliffe possibly coming to the 40 acres as an analyst. And then now basically, you know, Brent Beard, if he's accurate saying that he believes that Texas and Alabama are the lone two teams in the hunt for the services of Arch Manning. You know, you go from a 33 percent chance potentially, if, if it was a top three to a 50% chance. And I think this just continues to put Texas in a favorable position uh, to land Arch Manning and continue Um, the legacy of great quarterback play at the University of Texas from Vince Young to Colt McCoy uh, to Sam Ellinger. And then now Quinn Ewers is going to take that mantle and hopefully Arch Manning, uh, you know, can, can, can can pass, can get the baton passed from uh, Quinn Ewers and be the next starting quarterback once the Quinn Ewers era is over at the University of Texas in Sark system. Thank you Longhorn Nation for continuing to rock with me and making this your first listen of the day. If you need any ideas for your second listen, make that Locked On Bets. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Longhorn Nation, and as always, peace.